Here's everything you need to know for this Aloha Friday. It's KJON to go. Beautiful weather at the moment. Great live shout out towards Cocoa Head and Diamond Head. And the Zephyr Cam really reflective of what we're going to see for the rest of the day. Now, actually, even through the rest of the weekend, we're looking at trades strengthening a little bit. We're looking at winds up to about 15 miles an hour for most areas, but some places are seeing those winds strengthening even further with winds to 20 miles an hour. So that'll keep humidity levels lower and keep things fairly comfortable. Winds here in town just clocked in at 9 miles an hour, so nothing too strong. But those double-digit winds will be picking up speed. We're looking at about a 10% chance of rain for the majority of the day, close to a 20% chance up until about noon, and a state forecast high of 92 degrees so it is going to be yet another warm day today winds picking up stronger tomorrow continue to follow breaking news this morning a firefighter was injured in a massive fire in the makiki area dallas on is live on young street with the very latest what can you tell us dallas Good morning, Ross. Well, as of right now, that 40-year-old firefighter is still in serious condition at the hospital. We hope to hear an update from him or from the Honolulu Fire Department, hopefully by this morning or throughout the day. But here joining us on Wake Up Today, we have Jeffrey Rocket, who is an apprentice technician here at this car repair business. Good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning. And Jeffrey, you were actually here at the time where the fire happened. Can yes. you tell us what, how this fire happened? <clears throat> yeah, the fire happened from... Um a short in the engine compartment of one of the 911s that another tech was working on and is it I guess spread extremely quickly and it was we weren't able to get it under control um, the fire extinguisher that I used it when it ran out the fire went out for a second or two and just went right back on the car above it was on fire and burned out the the office above and everything that was above it and around it in the surrounding area and how many employees were here at the time of the fire um two me and the other tech mm -hmm. and then and how, we, how we have a overnight uh, security that's that stays in and keeps the place from getting you know broken into like during the day because there's a lot of like looting and stuff that, that you know, people come by and steal stuff from cars that park here and you know, they'll take stuff right out of the front of our yard, so... Mm -hmm. Okay, you know. and that's the reason why... And what's the name of this business, by the way? It's a Stormer Automotive uh, okay. Porsche Specialist. Okay, and, and the, you said there's a reason why you only work at night because the parking is so limited here, which is why yeah. the fire happened Yeah, overnight. during the day, we, you know, it, working... If we start early in the morning, we've been paying over $1,000 in fines, just parking tickets from the poor parking around here and <clears throat> so we started working later 3:30 beyond when the other construction company here leaves their their spots open we move our cars out because as you can see we have a full right. lot and a full house so right <clears throat> and we you know we, we work afternoon to late at night to keep from paying so much in parking fines okay okay and then how are you doing this morning is everything okay with you yeah yeah just you know, just, I haven't even seen totally how much is damaged, but it's right now it looks like, you know, as far as the business is shut down until we can fix everything, but it's a... Okay. All right. Well, we thank you so much, Jeffrey, for just sharing some insight as to what happened, and we wish you the best with your health and safety after this situation. Thank, thank you. you. All right, and of course, it still is an ongoing investigation. We're hearing from employees and also from the Honolulu Fire Department. So as soon as we hear new information as to what 
could have happened in this complete investigation. We'll keep you posted in our future newscast. Until then, reporting from the scene here, Dallas Navarro's K22 News, working for Hawaii. Thank you very much, Dallas. A state of emergency is in effect in Peru following a surge in COVID-19 cases, including a 75% spike in transmission among children and teenagers. The government had previously eased measures on July 1st with lockdowns in just seven of the country's 24 regions. But now all social and family gatherings are prohibited and children under the age of 14 are only allowed to be outside their homes for 30 minutes a day. They must also be accompanied by an adult. So far, 81 children have died and 23,000 have been infected. Back here at home, more restrictions could be on the way if we continue to see more record-setting days. There were 355 new cases reported yesterday, the majority on Oahu. It was also the fourth straight day of new deaths. Two more Oahu men over the age of 60 died, bringing the statewide death toll to 40. Now, one of the clusters is at a homeless shelter in Ivile. According to the state, the men's shelter at IHS will not allow new arrivals after seven new cases were identified on Wednesday. Instead, the shelter will become a temporary isolation and quarantine site. IHS says they will work with HPD to ensure people who do test positive stay in one place to prevent community spread. We'll follow up with the HSTA today as the union representing Hawaii's teachers plan to take legal action to stop public school students from returning to campus on Monday. Now, many students will be doing just that for face-to-face -face meetings at staggered times over the first four days of school. The teachers' union says it's been pleading with the DOE to shift its platform to be 100% online. Now, it's seeking an injunction which would prevent students from going to campus. The union is also filing a class action grievance and a complaint with the Board of Labor. The DOE is being reckless and putting our students, our teachers, and our community at risk. I am concerned, though, that I am getting this threat for legal action a day and a half before we have kids coming back on campus. Uh, it's opportunistic timing, uh, and it is disruptive. Superintendent Kishimoto says the DOE will not be changing its plan, adding that only students who need help with distance learning are coming to campus. Again, the attorney representing the union says he will file the lawsuit this morning and will definitely let you know what happens. Meanwhile, Roosevelt High School is starting full distance learning for all students on Monday after one of its employees tested positive for COVID-19. Officials say teachers have been calling and emailing parents about their child's access to technology. Parents who have not heard from their child's teacher are asked to call the school right away. School administrators were made aware of the confirmed case on Wednesday and took the recommended precautions to ensure safety for staff and faculty. It could be weeks before Congress reaches an agreement on a coronavirus relief bill. The Senate now has gone on recess through Labor Day. One of the main sticking points, the price tag. 
The House passed a $3 trillion bill in May, and Speaker Nancy Pelosi says negotiations will not restart until Republicans drop a demand that any bill must be capped at $1 trillion. Back here at home, health officials are sounding the alarm as more than half of the state's ICU beds are currently occupied. Now, from February to June, the state had about 900 COVID-19 cases. So far this month, we've seen more than 2,000. Right now, hospital ICU bed space is at 56%, with at least 150 people with COVID-19 currently hospitalized. Officials tell us that they have plans to add more ICU beds, but some are worried there won't be enough nurses to care for the sick patients. And right now, the way the numbers are climbing, we're, we're sliding into a crisis. It's scary. Um, the nurses know it. The hospitals are filling up. There's not, there's, we're already having staffing issues on certain units. State nurses are also calling on hospitals to be more transparent about how much personal protective equipment is readily available, as well as more access to COVID-19 testing. Now, a large chunk of the latest cases come from a growing outbreak at OCCC. There are now at least 116 confirmed cases at the facility, including 24 staff and 92 inmates. Public Safety Director Nolan Espinda says OCCC is following all health and safety protocols and is working to sanitize the facility and isolate cases. But one corrections officer who did not want to be identified says that's not true. The average um, um, occupancy per cell in the quarantine module is three per cell, whereas I would think you would only want to have single occupancy. As you might expect, our jails have been and continue to be grossly overcrowded, and it is greatly difficult to accommodate a full 14-day quarantine uh, at the varying jails on the four different islands. The Department of Public Safety says all inmates and workers will be tested for COVID-19 and has called on the National Guard to assist. And that was your morning news. Make sure to tune in right back here Monday morning at 7 a.m. It's everything you need to know with KHON to go.